case was born on a Friday. You came home Thursday night, and then you had to fly back to Houston on Sunday. You kept that routine up. You would fly to Houston every Sunday, fly back to Oklahoma City every Thursday, spend the weekend, and it was a lot of traveling back and forth. It was 10 straight weeks, I think I did that. Yeah. I think we were, I think we were both so tired and exhausted. I think we just kind of- <laughs> Just went through the motions to, to make it happen. I figured it out. But between that and the two little guys, and you know, now that we've settled down and we've got everything's in one place and everything's home where we want it to be, and there's no more chaos per se in our lives. You know, now it's now it's all about the kids, and you know, it's uh, it's fun to see it come full circle and and to have the availability because when you were playing football, that would be tough. Yeah. yeah. So. So retirement from football came at the perfect time. A lot less stressful. We made it. Yeah, almost 13 years. 13 years. What a bliss. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been great, I mean. We make a very, very good team. We're both very lucky to have each other. Absolutely, I love you. Love you too. From B.C. Clark, the people who have witnessed more than a century of love stories, comes You Too a podcast series that captures inspiring stories of couples from the moment their journey went from you to two. In this episode, we meet Brandon and Melanie Whedon. From walking on at Oklahoma State only to become the starting quarterback with record seasons, through seven years in the NFL, Melanie had his back. My name is Brandon Whedon, uh, born in Edmond, Oklahoma. Um, been been around this part of the country my pretty much my entire life. I've been fortunate enough to see a lot of the country and um, venture back here to be around family. and And uh, I love being this part of the world. It's it's uh, it's home and it's a place that's very special to me. And I am Melanie Whedon. Um, I was raised in Moore and graduated from high school there, and then went to UCO in Edmond. Um, starting in 2002, and that's where Brandon and I met, and that begins our story. So we both graduated high school in 2002, and um, Melanie went to, to UCO, and I was playing baseball, and I came home one off-season, and we had a mutual friend, and we were hanging out bored on a Tuesday or Wednesday night, nothing really going on, and we, we joked it was love at first sight. We, uh, I, I remember we, I met her off the elevator, and I was like, Man, she's good looking. I like, you, didn't, you didn't prepare me for this one, Ian. And uh, we were able to um, hang out that night and exchange numbers and hung out for, as friends for, for a long time. And uh, we're just young, young kids that uh, like to enjoy a good time. And, and uh, eventually kind of fell in love. I, I knew that she was a special one pretty early on. I knew that, you know, I was going to chase her. She was going to play hard to get, but she was, um, she was one that was special that uh, just was a natural, natural fit. Her personality, um, how loyal she was, how giving, how caring, all that stuff was just uh, was pretty evident from day one. And I think uh, my intuition was spot on. She's, she's all that, and here we are 20 years later, and, and she, still, uh, she still fits all those, all those criteria. That's very sweet. 
Yeah, when, when we met, I do think that we knew right off the bat that we really liked each other and had a lot in common. And I knew that you were someone special that, you know, I could see myself settling down and having a family with, um, you know, but we knew that we were young and neither had dated a ton of people and wanted to be able to experience college life and your baseball life. And so we, you know, remained good friends and just did whatever it took to not mess our relationship up as friends. And we knew that we didn't want to start dating until we were really ready to settle down because I think we both liked each other so much. Um, and we had met each other's families as friends and, you know, long-term, I think we both knew that it was going to be a good fit, but until we were able to kind of settle down and, um, you know, be committed to the long distance thing, your last year of baseball and the timing was just perfect once we were a little more mature. So <laughs> no, I think you were always a hit with my parents and, you know, I think they could tell right away that there's a pretty good chance that we were going to try to work things out as, as time went on and, and uh, they were right, we were right and it's been good ever since. We met when we were both 18 and we started dating um, when we were around 22. So yeah, 20, yeah, 22 and you know, we were, um, you know, you were about to graduate from college and you, know, you were moving on to, you are about to move on to get a job and become a professional. And, and so um, our lives were kind of two ships passing a little bit, which is kind of, kind of unique, but um, it really never phased us and feel like it kind of, it was all pretty natural. Um, I think Especially again because we had been good friends for so long and stayed in touch you know when you were playing baseball I think we both knew what we were signing up for yeah but you know I, th I think to take it a step further I think the first year year and a half we dated it was all long distance so obviously we know how challenging that is so that you know the communication part of it staying in touch those things that were they're challenging you know if you want to be around that person but I think looking back at it, now that I think about it, I mean, it may have been best for us, just because we didn't dive in feet first, and right. we were, we were um, learning about each other, but not spending every waking minute together. And you were able to come visit, and you were able to come out and, and hang out, but, but I think just um, kind of want what you can't have, and you know, we were, we were yeah. hanging out, we're together, but you were halfway across the country, so that was, Right. Challenging, but I think looking back, it was probably good for our relationship. I agree. And I think it built a very good foundation because loyalty was something that was most important to both of us. And we both saw the quality in the other. But I think spending that time apart proved that we could trust each other because neither of us ever, you know, had any suspicions or worries or stayed awake at night. I wonder what they're doing. You know, we always had that honesty and trust and loyalty to one another that I think, you know, we were really able to build a good foundation for the rest of our lives based on that time when, when you were away and I was here.
you know, I guess, you know, we started dating, I guess, we're 22, so I went back to school when I was 23 and you were graduating. So then I had to explain that one. I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. I remember you looked at me like I had 40 heads. And I said, <laughs> hey, I think I'm gonna go back to school and get an education and play football. And No, I, your exact words, which I think is why I looked at you like you had 40 heads, was like, hey, I think I'm gonna try to want, walk on at Oklahoma State and play football. And I thought like, you're gonna try to walk on and play football? Yeah. You've tried to play baseball. And I just remember thinking like, this guy is just never gonna grow up. What's he gonna try next? next yeah. And you know, I knew that if it was a goal that you would achieve it. But of course I never imagined what level of success that you would have. Yeah, it worked out. I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I should have known that you are a natural leader and whatever you want, you go after it and you get it. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty nerve wracking. You know, it was, <laughs> it was crazy. Like I said, just, we've always just found a way to make it work. I mean, it's just, you've sacrificed a lot. I think that's one thing I don't tell you enough now for our family, but even back then, just up and leaving and leaving your job here to go work up there. I mean, that's a, that's a hurdle in itself, but I was so young, I probably just took it for granted. But that's, that's a big <laughs> deal, so thanks for doing that 10 years later. <laughs> You're welcome. But, you may earn some brownie <clears throat> points. So I'm trying to think. I, we got married. How old were we? got married. 25. We were 25, yeah. So we dated for... But I was still living in Edmond. We should probably back up. You know, I was living in Edmond when you started at Oklahoma State for your freshman and sophomore year. Right. And then you proposed in February of 2009. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good little story, a little nugget about the pre-proposal. I remember uh, came down here to uh, to Oklahoma City. Um, my family's bought stuff from BC Clark forever, and so we went straight there. And me and my mom went to look for rings and. Talk about one of the most overwhelming experiences. I didn't know what I was looking at, so I was like, "That looks nice." You know, how much is it? And it was way out of my way out of my budget. And uh, <laughs> but I found a really nice ring. And um, once I had that picked out, that was one hurdle. But then I knew I had to talk to your parents, and so they were living in Moore. And so one night after practice, I jumped in the car, drove to Moore, sweating bullets, nervous as can be, and um, had a conversation with your parents and. Fortunately, they didn't. They made it pretty easy. They made it very, very easy. Yeah, I thought your dad might try to scare me, but he was he was great. In fact, uh, I think he kind of opened it up, right? With like, we think we know why you're here. Yeah, yeah, they weren't. They're not stupid. So, <laughs> but it was it was. I was more nervous about that than even proposing. I think just having that conversation, you know, it's you a know, big me, life I'm not, moment. A, I'm not a great communicator, but um, so anyway. That was cool, so I drove back, it was a long night, so I drove back, didn't get back to Stillwater until like 12.31 and had to wake up the next morning at 6 a.m. For, for morning workouts. So, got the ring and I think, you know, I tried to, I'm not a very good planner either, um, but I wanted to do something special, so we, um, I planned it where all of our friends and family were gonna be at <clears throat> my house here in Edmond. Um, and I was gonna take Mel on a date to steakhouse here in town and and us would go have dinner and me being the uncreative guy that I am. Um, called the head, told him I wanted a dessert at the end that says will you marry me on it and 
we had dinner. I'm again sweating bullets because I'm nervous, and fortunately didn't didn't lose the ring. And we had a great dinner and had a good conversation, and pulled out the res the dessert and got on me and asked. It was one of those things. I think I blacked out for about thirty seconds. I don't really remember <laughs> it, but it was uh, it was. Uh, I remember the people next to us, if I remember right, they picked up our tab. Yeah, they did. I think the people next to us were super generous and yeah, that saw that cool. I had done it and and uh, maybe in a college kid. Heck really yeah, appreciated take, that. I'll take a $200 <laughs> bill picked up. But yeah, that was really nice of them. And So anyway, we went back to the house and I don't know if you remember, I mean, my grandma and grandpa were there and yeah. everybody was there and... and uh, Surprised you a little bit and had a little fun that night and celebrated. It yeah, was, I was shocked that not only, you know, had you finally proposed, because I thought over the years, you know, several times it could be the time. And I think I finally had just resigned to the fact that it might never happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I was surprised that you proposed and then also planned a little thing afterwards for our families to surprise us. So I was impressed. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm not the best planner, but it worked out. It you was good. It together. It was good, so. So then, much to my parents' surprise, or everyone's surprise, I think, we <laughs> said, okay, well, we can get married in July. So that was. That was on, yeah, we got, yeah, we got engaged on Valentine's Day of 09, right? Yeah. And we got married on, in July of 09, so. That so was a very short, short engagement, five short months. Engagement. But, but we had to, like many things in our life, we had to work around the football schedule. Yeah, I think we had a seven-day window there that was about the only opportunity we could, could do it. So I think you were going to say, we told them, we said, all right, here's the deal. We're not doing a fancy wedding here in Oklahoma City or Edmond. We're, we're going to Mexico. We're going to make it simple. And if you can be there, good. If you can't, tough we luck. We understand. And, yeah. <laughs> and so fortunately, we had a great turnout. Went down to Isla Mujeres, Mexico. Um, we went down a few days early, kind of did that as our honeymoon, just to kind of enjoy some alone time before the festivities. And then we actually stayed a couple days later, but um, got married on a really, really cool island there off of Cancun uh, called Isla Mujeres. And uh, it was at a palace resort and they took care of everything, which was nice. That was pretty low stress. I mean, I think you bought a relatively inexpensive dress. I wore linen pants and a button down shirt, no shoes. And, um, I mean, I, I have a million memories from that trip, but, um, you know, the wedding day probably is the biggest blur, kind of like the engagement. I mean, it all happened to like yeah. so fast that you look back, it's like, wow, what just happened? It all happened so fast, but. First of all, my dad shows up to my room where I had been getting ready to pick me up. And as soon as I open the door, you know, he starts tearing up. And so I said something very insensitive, like, dad, you're going to have to knock it off because, you know, if you cry, you're going to make me cry. So like, just get it together, you know? And then we get downstairs and we're walking out to where everyone's seated and Brandon's waiting on me and we connect eyes and he's bawling. And I'm like, okay, I've already given him this pep talk before too, you know? And I'm like, still elbowing my dad, like, stop crying. And then the closer we get, your dad is crying, your brother's crying. What? <laughs> You know me, I'm soft as to begin with, but once I saw your dad crying and then I saw my dad crying, yes. <laughs> I had no chance. I, I don't like seeing 
anybody really cry, but especially your parents or like a like yes. family. I'm like, oh boy. So ironically, I think by the end, I was the only person that wasn't crying only because <laughs> I am a crier. Like I could have, you know, gone to someone's wedding and not even know the couple, like as someone's date and I'll be the one that's crying, you know? So I think I prepared myself so much before the actual event. I had talked myself into not crying no matter what. So, but it was just kind of funny because while we're standing up there, you know, I had a hard I'm time. like, I had a are hard you going to, are you going to back out of this or what? Why are you crying? <laughs> you know? And then I look out and Brandon's dad's like, <laughs> I taught my brother Ty's crying, but buddy, Brandon Lance is crying. Everybody's crying. I'm like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't easy. You're making it harder on me, but but it was awesome. It was really beautiful. One of the other funny, memorable things, and I'm glad that it, it was so low stress, you know, and there was really no buildup of stress all along the way because they made it so easy. But I could see where someone would be very surprised if they didn't find out until they were getting married that the judge marrying us only spoke Espanol, yeah. no English. So the whole ceremony was in Spanish <laughs> and we do not speak Spanish. So, you know, fortunately we kind of knew what we were getting into, but there was a translator. I mean, literally we did not find out until it was happening. So the guy that ran all the activities during the week, Ulysses, Ulysses yeah. they had like a speaker set up and he's standing in the back. And so the lady starts speaking Spanish and I'm like, Oh my gosh, no one understands anything she's saying. And then all of a sudden over a speaker, Ulysses translates. And so that was kind of a icebreaker because it went from like, why are you crying? You know, get it together to we are cracking up laughing and can't help it because it's like, it's coming out of the trees, you know, in English. And so we're able to understand, but it was just kind of funny. We didn't expect to get married in another language. <laughs> It was all, it was a unique experience. It was a unique experience. Yes. But it was fun. Yeah. But neither of us were, you know, upset about that or anything. We were just able to like laugh it off and like, well, this is just what happens when you get, you know, married with a short proposal. Don't have to plan a whole lot. We just rolled with the punches the whole way through. So. got married right before you became the starter yeah so i'm trying to think we got married july 27th i think we started camp like august 3rd so it was quick turnaround i had to flip gears and get back into grind mode and i knew i was gonna be the starter so um i don't think it, you know i've never really had pressure like that so um so yeah new you know new offense new role for me i mean i kind of went from really low man on the totem pole to to being the guy so i was excited i mean i was chomping at the bit looking forward to it um and that whole year was just you know pretty special i mean really just no one had any idea yeah we kind of came out of nowhere I mean, it was cool you know you, you and my parents and your parents were able to go to pretty much every road game every you know with every game that year mm -hmm. and uh Life was a little bit easier back then too, but yeah, we had um, pretty special season. I mean, 
knocked on the door of Big 12 Championship, and you know I was able to win first team All Big 12, which had never been done in Oklahoma State, which was a, which is a huge honor that I take a lot of pride in. And you broke every school record, I think, that season, yeah. and if not, the following season you did. Yeah, I broke a lot of my own records. Yeah, and then when Mason Mason came in and got me after that, <laughs> but it didn't last long. But no, it was, um, I mean, those those two years at Oklahoma State, I think, I'm not, I'm not speaking for you, but were some, two of the most fun years I think we've had I mean, as a couple and you know, just coming some of the experiences. I mean, baseball, you really didn't get to experience with me because there wasn't much to experience. It's like small towns and rough, you know, 25 fans in the stands. But <laughs> I think just, you know, it, it was, was kind of a magical ride for a couple of years that looking back at it it's one of those things you don't appreciate in the moment just because it was yeah. happening so quickly yeah it happened fast and it was so exciting because I mean again no one expected that level of success yeah especially you know, so my first year we were just riding the high yeah, it was fun a lot of fun so then you won the big 12 championship your senior mm, year yep Able to go on playing a BCS bowl game, which was the first for Oklahoma State, and able to knock off Stanford, which had first overall pick and a bunch of really good NFL players. So, kind of capped off two special years with a great bowl win, and unfortunately, come up a little short for the national championship. But, um, I mean, two years that I just, I mean, I wish I could rewind to August 3rd of actually July 27th of 2009. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, <laughs> but no, that was, uh, that was a special year. Special year, special fun time. So and, then, um, we, leading up to the draft, that was also a fun night. Had the parent, the party over my parents' house and that was, that was a lot of fun. And, and I remember sending out, you know, the email to our friends and family that we were having over and saying like, okay guys, we don't know for sure because it was the first and second round on Thursday night? Just the night? first round. On Thursday night? Yep. Okay, so like everyone pencil it in. If, you know, his name is not called during the first round, we're going to do this all over again, you know, <laughs> the following night. So just be ready. And, you know, he, he won't necessarily be disappointed. You don't have to feel weird if he's not drafted on Thursday night. But, you know, we're hoping for the best. And sure enough. Fortunately, it worked out. We should do it one night, but... That was fun. I mean, that's that's when our our life really got crazy, crazy. <laughs> Starting that night, we, uh, I mean, literally the next morning, I flew to Cleveland, did all the media stuff, signed my contract. I mean, it, it happened fast. Well, and we didn't realize that you would need a suit in Edmond. We were still living in Stillwater, oh, and yeah. remember the Kirkendalls who drove up from Tulsa to Oklahoma City with their kids to be there for the draft party. Um, offered to drive to Stillwater and get you a suit, bring it back to Edmond, and then they drove to Tulsa. Oh, geez, that I was about that. very right. selfless of them to do that. I forgot about that. They had to call us when they got there. <laughs> I'm like, okay, where is the master bedroom? Where is your closet? Yeah, Where's the suit? Which one do you want? That was so nice of them to do that. And then you flew to Cleveland, yeah, the next morning bright and first, early to sign your contract. First flight out of here and Got it all knocked out, jumped on a plane that night, came back, and... Um, so that was the start, start of, of crazy. many moves. 
Yep, all on my own. Yeah. <laughs> or mostly. I did a lot of the packing, but. Yeah, that was, Cleveland was a long two years. It was, but it was, it was good Beautiful. for us. We spent a lot of time, you know, just alone together, which further strengthened our marriage before we began our family. And then we decided it was time to start adding some kiddos to the bunch. Yeah, we um, found out that we were pregnant with our first when we lived in Cleveland and. That's right. I think it was, yep, it was the week we played Green Bay, wasn't it? I think we found out, I, I think. November 1st is when we found out. Yeah, I can't remember who we were playing that week, but yeah, that was pretty special. I'm, it's funny, the first one, you remember, I, don't know, I remember a lot more, but it was like, you remember every doctor's appointment you went to, you remember all the, the stuff, because it's like, oh my, you know. Like, you know, oh, whoops, it. yeah. yeah. <laughs> whoops, it really is happening. I hope we're ready for this. Yeah, that was, that was cool though, I mean. Fast forward to July, we had a little dude, Coop. And By that Cooper's point, you, you knew that you had been released from Cleveland. You asked for your release. Oh, yeah. And then we were lucky enough to sign close to home in Dallas. Which made it good for, I mean, it was good for our family, too. I mean, young kid, you know, you had family down there. We had a lot of help here that could go down there and help you. And, you know, we need anything, really. They, they were always there, which was nice. But yeah, that was, I mean, literally, literally flying by the seat of our pants. I mean, we're just like, <laughs> thank goodness for three hours down the road, you know, we were able to bounce back and forth, but yeah, that was fun. That was, um, my schedule was so crazy. I mean, you had to do a lot of parenting. I mean, I was around it, you know, later part of the week, but I was, you were a single parent for two or three days out of the week, which was probably pretty challenging for you. Well. Fortunately, Cooper was a pretty easy baby. Yeah, he was a good, good baby. So, we spent two years in Dallas, and then two years in Houston, or a year and a half. Year and a half in Houston. And then, and then we brought- another year in Houston later on, but yeah, we had, we had Case in 2017. Mm -hmm. Second little man, Case, came along, a little fire plug, a little <laughs> Little engine that could of a of a son, wild man, but um, yeah, I mean that. It, I think you know. I think we talked about it before we had him. It was like going from zero to one was a challenge, obviously, but going from one to two was a challenge. <laughs> and I think it. I mean, I think it challenges personally, and I mean, not our relationship. I think we were fine there, but I think it was just like. Seeing what we were made of. Yeah. I mean, because, it, was, it was a true man-to-man -man yes. deal. Well, Case was born on a Friday. You came home Thursday night. He was born on Friday. And then you had to fly back to Houston on Sunday. And That's you right. worked. You kept that routine up. You would fly to Houston every Sunday, fly back to Oklahoma City every Thursday, spend the weekend... And it was a lot of traveling back and forth. It was 10 straight weeks, I think I did that. Yeah. And of course, I was unable to, to travel at the end of my pregnancy. Yeah. I think, we were, I think we were both so tired and exhausted. I think we just kind of... <laughs> just went through the motions to, to make it happen. Kind of figured it out. No, I think I speak for you. I think between adding the two little guys and, you know, now that 
we've settled down and we've got everything's in one place and everything's home where we want it to be and there's no more chaos per se in our lives. You know, now it's now it's all about the kids and you know for me, you know, being a dad that wants me involved in their sports and you know, I'm trying not to push them. So far I've done a pretty good job of, but I think, you know, I don't know. My dad, my mom, and dad were like that. They, they never missed the game. So my my goal is to be at every sporting event possible, and you know, be that dad. You know, not necessarily coach them, but I think you know how I feel about that. I mean, they don't listen to dad anyway, so there's no point in putting <laughs> the stress on myself. But I think it's fun to it's fun to be there. I, I, I think I told you this after Coop's first game, like it was like t-ball. Yeah. And I think I was coaching first base. I can't remember, but I, like literally, my heart was racing. I was, I was more <laughs> nervous watching my son play. I still get, I still am, still more nervous watching them play than I ever was playing. It, it's uh, it's fun to see it come full circle and and to have the availability because when you were playing football, that would be tough. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, so retirement from football came at the perfect time. Yeah. With their right sports starting and starting school and. It's been so nice to have a, a solid foundation home life where we just have one place and not right. going back and forth for football season. Yeah, it's a lot less stressful, but we made it. Yeah, almost 13 years. 13 years. What a bliss. <laughs> Hope I can get another 10 in. <laughs> no, it's been great. I mean, we're very blessed. We're very lucky to have good families, good kids, able to travel and experience some pretty cool things. I, mean, I, I take it for granted. I don't know if you do. I take it for granted some of the things we've been able to go see and do, and and not just since we've had the kids, before we had the kids. I mean, we've we've, we've been very lucky to experience some really cool things. But it's it's, it's fun. We're lucky, and yeah, I've got a good one. Uh, I had a home run. I'm still falling down the mountain over my skis <laughs> with you. So I don't know about that. I don't know about that. We make a very, very good team. We're both very lucky to have each other. Absolutely. I love you. Love you too. We have been very, very fortunate that I feel like our marriage up to this point has been kind of a highlight reel. We've gotten to experience so many cool things, you know, personally that I would have never been able to experience without you. I've enjoyed just being on your ride. <laughs> it's been fun. I mean, I, yeah, I think all the stuff, you know, the, whether it be the traveling or that type of experiences, I think, I mean, there's too many to list. Um, you know, for me, yeah, I mean, I, I, to me, I mean, other than the wedding day, I think the two most special experiences for me are probably the, the days are the boys were born. Absolutely, I think you're blessed. That's a oh, very, that's a day very blessed with two yeah. healthy children. You know, the, the first one's always special. Obviously, they're both extremely special, but you know. There's just a feeling as a dad, or as a, as a husband that has now turned into a dad that, I mean, for anybody that doesn't have kids, you can't really explain. I mean, it's, 
It's like something comes over you. I mean, yeah. It's, it's like if you're not feeling like a grown up already. <laughs> hits you like a ton there of is a lot of responsibility. Added and to I your think plate. too. I think too. Just the respect. Not that I didn't respect you before, but the respect I gained for you going through that process of having a kid is. I mean, not just the nine months leading up to it, but the day of. It's like, whoa! I had no idea what to expect, but it was uh, impressive. So it's I think it's a miracle. Like I said, we've it's a miracle of life. You know all the the materialistic things we've been able to go do and see and, and gain have been fantastic. I mean, and all the people we've met along the way. Yeah, we met some some great great people. But you know, for me, like the most special part of those two days, you know, July second and May twelfth. I think that's I agree. Those stick out to me. Well, I think after you know thirteen years of marriage, I've always you know obviously really admired everything about you otherwise our marriage wouldn't have made it this long but I do think that the characteristic that really you know is the glue of our family and you keeping myself and the kids grounded is just how laid back and kind of easy to get along with you are it makes to, things easy I try to be I we're mean, good at reading each other I think without a doubt I mean I think your ability to be a mom to, you know, I, I mean this without, I'm not joking, like this place would fall apart <laughs> if, you, uh, if you weren't here every day. I mean, you... Uh, Don't worry, I've already prepared several of my friends. Like if I ever die, he's going to need so much help. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for all, all joking, of us, of for course. all three of us, and I think, you know, you're extremely good mom, you're a great wife, you, um, you, know, you do so much for the family. I mean, around here, everything, I mean, everything just, like I said, you're the rock. I mean, you're kind of the one that keeps us all, keeps us all together and keeps us all sane and organized and, and uh, I mean, the boys are lucky. Well, thank you. I think, I'm not sure it would work if you weren't so laid back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little more type A with a my organization and a lot more type A um, schedules and things like that. So we we do just naturally work so well together because you're laid back enough to kind of roll the punches. Yeah, yeah. Unless we're running late, you know that. Yes, yes. If we're running late, that's when you are not laid back at all. <laughs> but we just work so well together. Yeah. I think. I mean, obviously, every couple's different, but I think you know. Find the qualities that, because I think once you get married, there's obviously there's so many things that about the other person that get on your nerves. So little quirks. That find little, yeah. Find the quirks or whatever they are, get over them. But I, I think most importantly, just you know, find someone that um, that you can trust first and foremost, and you know, a person that's willing to you know be there for you and if you need something or. Be there for each other, but I mean, be there for you and and uh, be a good be a good partner. But I think you know the main thing for me was was always a loyal part. You know, being, being like anything else can be worked out as long as right we're always loyal to each other. Yeah, and, and able to communicate. I, I'll be the first to admit I'm not the best communicator. I mean, I'm a typical guy. Like I don't you know I'm not gonna talk about my feelings. I'm gonna ball everything up inside. I'm not gonna you know, and I'm not very good at it. But I need work on communication. It's not going to be perfect all the time, but 
Yeah. If there's things to communicate about, try to communicate them. And I think in every long-term relationship, there has to be give and take for both people to stay satisfied in a marriage. So I think you have to find, you know, someone that's willing, you know, to compromise on things. And there are seasons of marriage. So sometimes, you know, one spouse is giving a little bit more, but then in the next season, maybe the other spouse is picking up the slack. But I think it's important for people to to try to stay grounded even when you know you're in love and can't find anything wrong with that person i think it's so important to continue looking at and evaluating your relationship to make sure that you know that person is exactly who you want to spend the rest of your life with um the good parts and the bad so being willing to look at that realistically find a good teammate someone that fun that uh Always going to be there for you when you need them. Yeah. As Oklahoma's oldest jeweler, we at BC Clark feel so fortunate to be part of the people's love stories from the beginning and sharing in many significant milestones along their journey together. We hope you join us for our next episode coming soon. Get future U2 stories by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, and more. To learn more about B.C. Clark and how we can help you on your journey from you to two, visit bcclark.com or drop by one of our three Oklahoma City locations, downtown, Class and Curve, and North Park. Thank you for listening.